Welcome back, dude and dudettes, to another wild episode of Send It, Mate. We're here to talk about all things hunting and outdoors, and today we've got something that'll keep your gear running smoother than a dingo's getaway. That's right, our show is brought to you by High Calibre, the gun and knife hole company that knows how to keep your firearms and blades in tip-top shape. High Calibre is like the secret sauce for hunters, anglers and outdoorsy folk everywhere. It's like the magic potion that makes your gun and knives happier than a dog with two tails. You know, guys, I've been using high-caliber oil for a while now, and let me tell you, it's the duck's nuts. My rifle practically sings a lullaby when I take it out hunting. And speaking of lullabies, ever tried sneaking up on a deer with a squeaky gun? It's a prime way to end up with no venison in the freezer. You'll be hungrier than a vegan at a bacon festival. Absolutely. But with high-caliber oil, your gun will be quieter than a ninja in moonlight. You'll be stalking your prey with the grace and stealth of a mountain lion. High Calibre doesn't just keep things quiet, it also prevents rust and corrosion, so you won't find your gear looking like it's spent a season at the bottom of a creek. That's right, and for you knife enthusiasts out there, High Calibre has got you covered too. Your trusty blade will slice through anything smoother than butter on a hot biscuit. So folks, don't let your gear become a rusty squeaky mess. Head on over to highcalibre.com.au and grab a bottle of their oil today. And if you use the code SENDITMATE at checkout, you'll get a special discount. I say again, use the code SENDITMATE for all your oil slick, stealthy hunting needs. Thanks to High Calibre, you'll be sending it in style and silence. So, gear up, oil up, and send it, mate. High Calibre, the ultimate oil for the ultimate hunter. Welcome, bitches. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? And those that are not of the bitch orientation. <laughs> Back again. How you boys doing? Yeah, good? Good. Bloody good. Not bad. Had not good, bad. Got a good day. Had a good, had a good Monday. Actually, no, we're not doing too well here in South Australia because of fucking COVID. COVID shit. <clears throat> we got shit, like two people, got two people get it and then boom, suddenly the world's ending. Let's close everything up. <laughs> Yeah. Didn't you know COVID's yeah. going to end the world? <laughs> it's the new world order, mate. Yeah. Absolute horseshit. Well, we're actually lucky Ryan made it here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I was raging like a motherfucker. Very angry. Very, very oh, well, angry. Mate, this is why you need to maintain your vehicle. Yeah. My car decided to shit itself, but not really all the way shit itself, just halfway shit itself, so it didn't do what it was supposed to do, like drive. It just didn't go. I couldn't get up past forty k's an hour on the way here, and I was towing a trailer. So I got yeah, man, limp mode. It's like whiskey dick, but for your car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the point is you're here tonight. Well done. Yeah. You've limped your way here, and yeah. uh, we can move on now and uh, introduce well, you, you. You're like, oh, we'll fucking start without you then. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, pretty much. <laughs> I was ready to just Jeez, cut you off, man. Yeah. Uh, we we have an important guest tonight, so if yeah. you were here, if you weren't here rather, then we were just going to start without you. So, nah, well, at least I know where I sit in the pecking order. I'm glad we we're glad <laughs> shit we, in the pecking order. <laughs> I'm glad, yeah, I shit in the pecking order. You're a distant third place, mate. Yeah, I'm glad we. And tonight that. you're fourth. So, uh, <laughs> all right, well, let's get into, get into it. This week we have with us 
All the way from Queensland. All the way from Queensland via Zoom. Josh Koitka from Jericho, Australia. Welcome, Josh. Hey. Thank you, lads. How are you? Oh, look, we're Love good. good. Pretty Love keen good. to talk to you, mate. So, um, yeah, like we've 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 come across your products, I guess, maybe in the last six or so months. Yeah. So we'd all like to say we're strong advocates for Jericho, Australia. So we're, we're keen to learn a bit about how you started that business and um, some of your life experiences to get where you are now. What, what say we get well, into a few questions? Or? Well, we should, we should ask him. Josh, what is it that, that, what that is you it? do? For those who don't know, yeah. Yeah, well, actually, I actually work full-time for Telstra um, as a network engineer. That's like my main job, and I do that. I work from home, and I actually still work on uh, Gallipoli Barracks wow. at Inogra here. And so I go in there from time to time, but I can do it from home. Ever since COVID hit, it's basically work from home all the time. I just never really went back. I haven't really had a, had a need to. That's handy. You know, like I, I can do it all from my computer here, so – but yeah, and I also we me and my partner started Jericho, and we've been doing that now for just under two years. So, what would you yeah. say Jericho is as a as a business? Yeah, what products do you sell? Uh, we all, just uh, men's beard care products. Uh, we do a little bit of hair care, but mainly we we specialize in men's beard care products. Yeah, well, we've, yeah. All, we've all tried um, Jericho, and we are big fans. Yeah, we um, yeah. I have a lot of people wanting to eat my face when yeah. I wear the salted caramel. <laughs> yeah. We more, actually, more dudes we, than chicks. Yeah. Just, just don't like, it's it's not bad if you do. Like, it, it won't kill you, but it's we recommend not to. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I, I am a massive Lumberjack fan. Uh, that is, it, it is, Are I you, was actually talking about it today. It is the right amount of sort of like, Musky fucking manliness that slaps you in the face and then oh, mate. just finesse on top. It's, it's, like, good, it's, like, it? it's like a finishing note it's- of I'm classy, but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is you're a lady on the street but a freak in the bed. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Lumberjack <laughs> um, was one of our original scents and it's like one of our most popular. It's my personal favourite too. I love oh, it. Yeah, Can't yeah, get enough yeah. of it. Yeah. That was a close second. And, and Suits and Cigars though. Suits yeah, and that's, cigars, that's, that's my... I think it's just the name, man. The name, the name. Yeah. Just Wait, man, me and my partner were, were driving home one day and we were trying to come up with the name for it and we were just sitting there back and forth and I said suits and cigars and just it just clicked. Yeah. We just, yeah. we, as soon as I said it, was like, that's it. We're done with that. We <laughs> it just sounds great. It. it is something that you would wear in your beard if you were wearing a suit and smoking. 100%. Cigar. That's exactly <laughs> what we're going <laughs> for. And I'm glad you realise it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just Those... like, I just like smelling like delicious baked goods. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it looks like you like delicious baked goods too, mate. <laughs> Are you fat shaming me on the podcast? Yeah, again, you're, yes. You're one of the few people in the world that smells like they look. <laughs> An apple pie. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, the takeaway home for the listeners is that uh, the products all smell great. So let's let's get into learning a little bit about Josh, shall we? Where are you actually from, mate? I was born in Innisfail, um, North Queensland, but I basically grew up here in Brizzy, went to school here in Brizzy, um, went to Padua, um, which is a school here on the north side, all boys' school. Um, yeah, and then basically, yeah, I spent my whole childhood. We didn't really move anywhere else. A little bit of like living elsewhere when I was in the army, but you know, I was even, even posted here most of my life. So kind of been in Brisbane my whole life, really. Wow. Yeah, I like it. It's pretty lucky. I've, I've tried to I've tried to move away, but I've always come back. <laughs> it's pretty lucky to get posted to your home state. 
Uh, yeah, I, w- yeah. I was I was pretty lucky, uh, and and I was in infantry too. But they were raising eight nine mm-hmm. when I was uh, going through um, like going through my training, so they were just posting everyone there, and yeah. anyone that wanted to could go there. <laughs> what does that mean, raising eight nine? Is that is that when they start a new? Yeah, so so eight nine RER basically dis- uh, disbanded years and years ago, and then they re raised it again in um, I think it was two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, roughly off the top of my head. And um, they were basically just anyone that wanted a spot as an infantry soldier in Brisbane you could get it. It was, okay. it was awesome. So they needed yeah. needed more people to re reestablish. Yeah, that. yeah. So at the moment, at that time, there were seven seven battalions, and they added another one. I got to I got to ask actually while we're on this topic. <clears throat> so you were infantry? Did you stay infantry? No, nah, mate. I was infantry for five years, and then I transferred to six, and I was a telecommunication uh, technician. At uh at seven CSR, yeah, yeah. in Brisbane as well. Yeah, what does uh your telecommunications involve? Yeah, so basically we so that's what I do now for Telstra as well. Mm. Um, basically we administer uh like DRN, DSN, all the defense networks, mm-hmm. and just say if like and just say if we go overseas or whatever. When for example, when I was in Iraq, we would we would basically set up a satellite so that we would um have an external link back into. AMAB or wherever it is. So that way the guys um, in Iraq can communicate around within Iraq and back to Australia and, you know, um, they, they can speak on the DRN, DSN and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so their like own a relay. Intranet. Intranet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. A yeah. relay for, for the net sort of. Yeah, yeah. pretty much, yeah. yeah. We would like to like install routers and switches and, you know, but we would also do like uh, civilian like networks as well so people can actually have internet and stuff like that over there. It wasn't just... Defense networks. Yeah, it's yeah. A bit, a bit of everything. Yeah, and so because that's where most of the officers and most of the guys do their work is on DRN anyway. So it's just really it's just for emails. That's yeah. all they ever do on it is just email each other. <laughs> Not much work. <laughs> yeah. well, I've seen some of the, the emails that fly about and uh, on the DRN and uh, they're, they're questionable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually exactly. had a mate. That once he sent uh, like this funny email, it was of a sexual nature uh, yeah. to to our CO actually, <laughs> oh <laughs> accidentally, and uh, the CO opened it. Obviously, there was a bit of a fucking cry and a bit of a complaint about it. Why are people using the DRN for for this shit? Oh yeah, <laughs> there, was, there was a huge thing about all like sexual emails and stuff like that. I can't remember what they called the um. Oh, what's that? It's the Star Wars group. I can't remember the name of it. The Jedi. Jedi. The Jedi yeah. Council. Jedi Council. Yeah. It was like a group. It was like there was like this group of people sending emails out, and yeah. there was this massive investigation, and and like I think like a few blokes went to jail. One <laughs> few guys got kicked out, and it was pretty crazy. It was like full on. It was like the news was wow. involved and everything. Oh, That's uh, terrible. I'm not entirely yeah. surprised. It's <laughs> Google. Google the Jedi Council defense when you get a chance. It's a good read. All right, Josh, let's switch it up. What's your favorite food, mate? My favorite food. Your favorite food. Oh, uh, fettuccine carbonara. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm my, yes. My favorite Italian. Love it. Or <laughs> if anyone asks you what do you want for dinner, I always say fettuccine carbonara. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I like it. Yeah. Uh, what was your first job, Josh? Um, I was a baker. Uh, like actually, when I was in school, I did like a um, uh, um, a school based apprenticeship as a baker slash pastry chef, 
and that's what I, that's what I wanted to be when I was older was a pastry chef and baker. And then, and then the I did like two years and absolutely hated it. Literally hated my life. <laughs> Borderline suicide, and you know, like it was the worst two years of my life because it, because that job when I was eighteen, nineteen, it was um they took away like my weekends, so you would start at like. Um, three in the morning, you know, and finished at like ten in the morning. So, and I, if I went out on the night before, the day's ruined, and I was, I, was, I hated it. Yeah. So, worst decision I ever made, ever. Still to this day. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> even even over infantry. <laughs> no, yeah, I, mate. Trust me, I, mate. Infantry was it, it had it had it had good and bad days, mainly bad days. But there was a lot, there was there was a lot of good days too. <laughs> a lot of. A lot of mates that, yeah, in that job, I think is the only job you can make those certain types of mates. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 100%. 100%. All right, uh, Josh, if you could trade places with anyone in the the world, who would that be? Oh, (laughs) shit. (laughs) Hmm. I don't know. Like, I reckon it would be pretty cool to live like – even though I'm not a fan of him and I don't like him as a person, but LeBron James' oh, life LeBron for like a bit. Yeah. Even even though I don't like him after all that, that, that shit that he's doing on social media and stuff, like just to live that lifestyle for a while, I think it would be pretty cool. But like I, being an actual like one like probably the best sports star in, in that sport, you know? So yeah. Yeah. that'd be hey, pretty cool. What is he doing on social media? I'm been living oh, like on a rock. Yeah, you know, just uh, like all all about that racial, like it's just you know, like when that white or that cop shot the or shot that black girl, oh, the, she was the, that black girl was about to stab someone, yeah. and that and that cop literally did a good thing. He saved someone. He, he saved someone's life, yeah. and automatically just gone on there saying it's racism and stuff like that. Uh, and it, yeah. even without looking at the context of what the guy actually did, which yeah. was save a life, he just automatically, you know, cop shooting. A white cops shooting black people, and it's just, yeah. it's just it's like he's in a power of leadership, power of position, power of you know, like he should be like mm. saying the right things, not just creating hate that just spreads out. And that's gonna, you know, that's it's just it's, it's radicalizing black people to hate white people, like yeah. stuff like that, you know, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's not good, yeah. No, the people with that amount of following on social media definitely have a responsibility because they do have such a level of influence. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's the slightest thing they say people take seriously or, you know, um, yeah. radicalise is, is a good word. So There's no yeah. there's no um, training, I guess, for lack of a better word, for people that have that sort of power. If you become an Instagram sensation, people don't really understand the power that they will. <laughs> so we're getting down freedom of speech here now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but understanding that your 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 ability to like you can have the freedom of speech, no worries. But understanding that what you say when you're saying it to such a broad audience, especially if you're in a in position of influence, you have to be have the understanding that with that comes a certain amount of uh, unintended power. I guess mm. that's is what I say. Unintended yeah. consequences. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You have the freedom of speech, but you don't have the freedom of consequence. Yeah, you know. So yeah, right. you don't that's know what's good. you don't know who's listening and could take it the wrong way or can could be like truly influenced by it. You know, hundred mm. percent. I like the way you put it. It breeds hate, uh, and that's between whatever community you are, whatever race is. You know, breeding hate for one or the other, which needs to be stopped. Sort of, yeah. you know, people need to realise, okay, we're all just fucking human beings. 
Mate, honestly, the only way we ever is racism and all that stuff is going to stop is when we stop talking about it. Yeah, yeah, you know, 100%. when you start referring to that person as a person, not as a black or a white or a whatever person, that's yep. the only way yep. it's going to stop. Hundred yep. percent. The trouble is, though, that all of that creates controversy, and controversy sells, and they're probably the reason. Oh, why mate, that's there. exactly right. <laughs> yeah, the media loves it. The yeah. media loves it. Yeah. So LeBron would have got a whole bunch of clicks and likes and all sorts of another couple of million yeah. dollars. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, does that? Are you into basketball at all, or is that just? Is that- uh, I used to be like back in the day, man. Like when like Michael Jordan was playing, Sean Kemp, like all those, like like real Anthony Hardaway, like oh, all sure. like the old skylight. When I used to collect the basketball cards, like back in the in the good days. Now, just kind of shit. Yeah, no, yeah. the nineties was definitely the yeah. the heyday yeah. of it. I think yeah. you're a similar vintage to us, Josh. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Glory days in the nineties. I definitely remember that basketball. Yeah, <laughs> Space Jam was right. the bomb. Well, we know the yeah. answer. <laughs> we know the answer to the next question because we saw a little preview on our screens in front of us. But do you have any children, Josh? I do. We just—I have a four-month-old son, Leonardo. Congratulations! Um, yeah, it's been—it's been awesome, man. It's been—it's been really good. It's yeah. Changed my life like more than I expected. Like I, I knew having having a kid was um obviously a big change in anyone's life but i think it's made me just a complete different like different person like more caring and just understanding towards a lot of people and you know just more mm. relaxed with with life and stuff you know it's uh it's it's changed my life completely man it's, it's awesome oh, yeah. 100% it does so i'm i'm a father of twin girls who are five ryan's got a 5 year old son six um, now turned 6 last week Oh, six. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> My apologies. Um, yeah, don't call him five anymore. Otherwise, yeah, he'll lose no, it. he will lose his mind. He'll, he'll, he'll be the first one to correct you and tell you how wrong you are. <laughs> um, and uh, Josh isn't aware of any children that he's. Other cre- dog. <laughs> Credit. <Yeah. laughs> uh, well, there you go, man. Yeah, you're right. It does. It does change you quite a bit. Um, and people yeah. without kids don't realise how much of a. How much it affects your schedule and what you can do. You can't just drop things at a, you know, the drop. No, of yeah, it's not like a dog where you can just close the door and come back a few hours later. <laughs> can't you? <laughs> can't you do that? <laughs> All you got to do is train your kid to feed itself. <laughs> or just put enough food in a bowl to last it a week. Oh. You're good. <laughs> Jeez. Well, how's your sleep going anyway, Josh? Pretty good or? Uh, no. I, no, it's, mate, he's actually really good. Like, he sleeps, he goes to sleep about 8.30 and sleeps through to about 7 in the morning. Like, and he's wow. awesome. Bloody hell. Yeah. yeah he's, he's really good. good. Yeah, my lad was like that. Bloody good. Yeah. You, hear, you hear all the horror stories that other kids, other parents go through, kids that just scream all night. Yeah, every like, two hours, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, I didn't get any of that. That's yeah. intense. He's awesome. Yeah, it's good. Caleb's kids used to get up in the middle of the night and I'd hear them playing in their room or one of them would wake up and the other one would be like, Oh, it's okay. Go back to bed. And I'll be like, oh, the walls are papered thin. I'm Josh and Caleb used to live with yeah, each other. Yeah, it's not just Josh yeah. being We're not fucking in a weird. Day 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 day. <laughs> so, yeah, Josh and I both divorced. And at one point, we did live together. Um, so, when my kids would be around, um, he did share a wall. So, they'd, yeah, they'd get up in the middle of the night, make noise. And, and uh, unfortunately, he doesn't sleep as well as I do. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go get a glass of water, man, and you and you like like something off of uh, what's one of those horror movies where the the girls just suddenly there. Suddenly, your daughter would be there and be like, "I want daddy." And I'd be like, "Fuck, <laughs> mate, you come yeah. out of nowhere, <laughs> go back like to the bed. ring or whatever." <laughs> yeah, yeah. long drink. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
in a white nighty. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's change it up a bit, Josh. What is the most dangerous thing you've ever done? Shit. I think probably just skydiving. Like that that was probably the most like I'm not the best with heights, you know, but like probably skydiving was the most into me the most dangerous thing. Just because like in I know it's safe and because of the instructor, but the instructor seemed like he didn't know what he was doing. So that made it <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing unsafe. So I, I literally the whole time while doing it, I was like, I'm going to die. But <laughs> I just went I just went along with it anyway. I could have said no, I want someone else, but I didn't want to make the guy feel bad, so I just kept going along with it. So you could have died <laughs> to save someone else's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Wow, you're the nicest dude ever. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> How considerate. <laughs> How, what made you choose that when you're not the best at heights? Oh, uh, yeah, you know, like it's just added to, uh, it was on the bucket list, you know, something to you, – you have to do it, I man, you know, like you, you go through your whole life and you don't want to hold any regrets and stuff. And I want to be 90 and then try to do it then because there will be a whole worse of experience. You know, like, I'd, I'd rather do it now and get it done. And it actually it, – Looking back at it, it's something that you really like when you hit the ground and, and during the day and stuff, you're really like you're all hyped up about and stuff like that. And yeah, it's 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 really awesome thing to do. So definitely, yeah. you should definitely do it if you haven't done it. I've never, never, I haven't been. Have you guys been? No, nah. nope. Yeah, well, next podcast episode. <laughs> here we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I because I'm same same as you, Josh K. I've uh, I'm shit scared of heights. Fucking shit scared. Yeah. I, I go up. I climb like four meters up. On a uh, you know the indoor rock climbing walls, and then I look yeah. down and my body freezes and I'm like fucking stuck <laughs> to the wall. Ryan's like six it's- foot four as well, so yeah, he's not a small dude. If I jump, I get scared. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so much. It's not so much like the like probably like the ten meter, twenty meter heights. It's the really really high stuff. You know, like those YouTube videos of those guys scaling along the sides of buildings. Oh, that makes me sick. And they like jump like that gives me vertigo just watching it. And I get like <laughs> I'm like. I like always have a heart attack just watching it. I've heard, I've heard that you don't get the sense of falling when you jump out of a plane because you've got nothing to relate it to. Like if you were jumping off of the roof of your building, obviously you've got, you know, your veranda and everything that's going past you. Is it the same? I, 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 yeah, someone's described it like that before. That's it's yes and no. Like for me it felt like it, it was there was obviously force being pushed upwards, but it, you do feel like you're floating until you get, um, I don't know, probably like, uh, five, three, three hundred meters from the ground. That's when it really, like, oh, I don't, actually, that that's way too low. I don't, I, I don't, know, I don't know the meters. Probably like thousand meters, or something. I like, but once you get to a certain point, you can really feel like the the downward pressure. Yeah, yeah. You know, but when you're up higher, before like probably about a minute or so before you pull the chute, and you feel like you're literally floating. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we'll, we'll do it one day. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to see you jump out of a plane. Well, that's what it felt like for me. Like I'm sure everyone's different. There's people doing, buddy. I saw one video. Of some people getting married up there. There's a couple that get married skydiving. <laughs> wow! How the hell would you want to do that? You have to even hear each other. Yeah. Imagine, <laughs> imagine ceremony, though. Imagine if it was your first time and you shat yourself right in the middle of the event. <laughs> <laughs> I said, literally shat yourself. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. You know, crap your pants, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a memorable wedding. <laughs> you know, seeing those people that go skydiving in the nud, imagine if they shit themselves. <laughs> Tandem. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> poor bloke behind you's corner face. 
Uh, You're disgusting, Ron. Uh, all right, well, let's <laughs> move. You sound like my mum. Let's move it on then. Let's move it on. Uh, Josh, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, twenty seconds of courage is all you all you'll ever need in life. And like, if literally, if you think about it log- logically, if you go if you go up and talk to a girl, you just take twenty seconds. You just stop what you're doing. You're like, all right, I'm gonna go and talk to this girl. Twenty seconds, you know. By the time twenty seconds up, you're talking to her. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. But like, if you think about it, like when you take the first, the, the hardest step in life, well, in my opinion, is taking the first step, and all you really need is a small amount of courage to take the first step, and then everything else, you know, it's just a ride after. You just kind of just follow, go with the journey. Take taking the leap. Yeah, yeah. that's some yeah. solid advice, man. That is actually. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I took like twenty it. seconds to talk to these guys, and um, you know, it's the best twenty seconds I ever spent. Yeah. We, re- we, we both yeah. regret it. <laughs> no, it's good. 100%. Well, there, there is a lot of people, you know, um, whether it be in business or, you know, their existing job or whatever, they're too scared to take the next step. So, yeah, that that 20 – Yeah, uh, it's – it's but but as soon as you take the first step, man, like, you know, you, the ball's rolling. You know, mm-hmm. like it's – so many people are just worried about, like, what if and stuff like that. Yeah. Who cares about what if you just have to take the risk and then deal with the, deal with the the good or the bad later on, you know? That's it. Oh, it's it's you know at least you you've got momentum. You whatever direction, whether it's right or wrong, you you're moving forward. That's, and that's right. the main thing, not just sitting in the one place. Uh, what's your tr- most treasured possession? My son. <laughs> I had a feeling. Oh, yeah, I was just saying, that sounds like it'd be an easy answer. He's all shiny and new. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, he, he is. Uh, but like material wise. Um, I, I used to have not really anything. I eh? like I used to have a bike. I like I'm waiting until because um, I only just got my bike license um, about a year or so ago, and um, I'm waiting till I get the in Queensland. You have to do two years on your P's before you can get your unrestricted license. Um, so I just I can't wait to get a Harley. Like I'm just waiting. I'm yeah. just waiting to get a Harley. I, I don't know which one I want to get yet. Like I do like the night rods, but they kind of look like Batman bikes. Mm-hmm. So that's why. Tossing up with like I remember maybe a breakout or something, but uh, I bought a Yamaha 650 V Star. Um, it's because it's a you're allowed to drive it on your um, on your piece yep. under 660 CCs, and that was it was pretty decked out. I, I don't know if you've seen the videos of it on my Instagram and stuff, but it was it was pretty. It's a pretty good bike, man. For my first bike, it's a bit of a like the the bobber bobber look, which yeah. I, I love that low rider type bobber look. Yeah, man. I think that's where everyone starts when they buy a Harley. That that bobber look. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, I don't think you'd be able to get onto a Harley Josh. Oh, I could get onto it, man, but I'd just look tiny on it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. No, I'm, I'm not a, looking at me. I'm a big fan of the, the cruisers. I, um, I've actually had my. Oh, really? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cruisers, cruisers are awesome. Yeah. No, I, I can never get into sport bikes and stuff like that. Like, I just. I just don't like them. Like even doing because I have to do the, the test on them, and just they hated it. Oh, man, I did. I did my test on a bloody uh, KTM, and um, oh really? It was shit. <laughs> it was terrible because like it's all slow movement stuff. Like if you go to your motorbike uh, license in South Australia, it's all slow maneuvers. Yeah, you don't get out of third gear. Not even, sure. I didn't even get it. Oh, out really? of, mate, yeah. I didn't even get out a second. It was. Yeah. It was. Do you go onto like? Do you go onto like the highway or anything? No, nope. nothing like that. Nah. It's hey, yeah, see, we we go down the highway and go for like a buddy an hour drive as well. Oh, what? Oh, wow. Really? See, we should be doing yeah. that. See, we're we're in like a 
It's it's almost like an establishment with like a bitumized. It's track. a tennis court. It looks like a and car park. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, they put cones out. Um, not allowed on the road. Yeah, we do we do that as well. We do like the figure eight, yeah. and then like the stopping, mm. starting, all that type of shit. And then you also have to go for like an hour drive as well for a ride. Whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, no, we should be doing that. that yeah, we that should. Makes more sense. Yeah, now, there's a lot of like like doing S's. Uh, I don't know what it's called. Yeah, it's like, the figure of eight, and yes, yeah. Inside Stop of a square, side. and then there's like you got to do you got to stay inside these two lines that are about 150 mil apart, and they do <laughs> like a yeah, the, the, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's and, fucking hard. And there's a sl- the slow ride one where you kind of have to like you got like you got like 20 meters, and you have to stay between like a meter gap, and uh, you have to you can't you got like 10 seconds, but you can't cross the line. Yeah, for yeah, 10 it's like seconds that. because it's too quick or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, it's like it's like the slot. You ha- you can't finish within ten seconds. But the lines in in South Australia are about one hundred and fifty mil apart, like like the width of a foot. Oh yeah, it might be tiny. quite small. I can't remember, but I remember that that actually being quite difficult the first time because I was going so slow, I fell off the bike. <laughs> yeah. Glad I'm not the only one that falls off the board. <laughs> yeah, Caleb's got some experience have, falling off. Have the bike. you had a bad? Bad stack yet? Or, or no, no. Nah. Touch wood. No, man, never. Yeah, nice. No, and hopefully, I never, do. I, 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 never do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, I dropped my dad's. What? Well, well, I guess it's my stepmom's bike. <laughs> yeah. That's a bit different from your dad. Well, Wait a second, my dad's, my dad's wife, and then I was like, "Well, that sounds fucking stupid." Is your dad it? now your stepmom? Is that what you're saying? Or? My dad is now my stepmom because he shaved um, his beard. My off. own grandpa. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, if, you, if your dad doesn't have a beard, then you got two mums, don't you? <laughs> That's is, that, is that the song? Yeah, something like that. Anyway, the point is, you dropped a bike, which was. Stupid. Didn't belong to me either. It was terrible. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, Josh, recommend a movie to us, mate. I'm sure you've seen it, but my favourite movies are Rocky. All of them except for the fifth one. Um, Rocky 1 to 4. Can't go wrong, mate. <laughs> have, you, have you guys seen Rocky? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 good. Isn't it? He was real quiet there for a second. I was like, who am I talking to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Didn't they, is it Creed, the new ones? The, just like this. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was all right. It, it was okay, I guess, but it's no Rocky. It's no Rocky. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I actually have a question on this. So I've noticed that on Jericho, there's a bit of a Connor favoritism going on. There's oh, a yeah, few, yeah. Few oh, Conor McGregor. Yeah. You're, you're a huge, huge, huge fan. fan of Conor McGregor. <laughs> he's gone, he, he's, like, he's gone, he's, I don't know, lately he's gone a bit sh- shit, though. Like, not because of his fighting style, but just how, like, he shouldn't be being so, like, ignorant. Or, like, he hasn't really proved himself lately. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, he's just, so he's, I don't know, like, and I really liked him when he was the underdog and he was hungry and, like, he had, like, a, a sense of pride about himself and he was backing up his cockiness. Yeah. But now he's, like, he's still being cocky, but... He's not like kind of proving himself, you know what I mean? He's being a dick without being good at anything. Well, we had this conversation yeah, the other much. day. We actually think, like, we wonder if he's taking his training as serious as what he did when he was the underdog. So, you know, when you get like, you got a few wins or, you know, you're getting cocky and you can back it up and then you sort of relax a bit and get complacent in your training. I do wonder if that's happening or happened on a mm. big level because, yeah, yeah, he's definitely not been. <laughs> performing like he used to. I don't know. We were also discussing whether he was just rocking up just for the cash. 
Like, yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> and I think I think the whole boxing fiasco with fucking Mayweather would just like that that should never have happened because like that was like his first like actual loss, you know, mm-hmm. for like a while. Like he was on like a really good streak, and like he was he was a, like the most everyone loved him in UFC and. You know, he could have made that money in UFC, you know, and like and then he went over there and then he got he got that loss and then it just kinda of went downhill from there. Like he came back and fought Cowboy, which was really good. But and if he went up from there again, he probably would have got back to where he was. But now he's like he's at the end of his days, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huge fan though still. Still a huge I mean, fan. Though. And no one talks shit like that guy either. He's just He's just on it. Oh, he sells. He's a marketing genius, man. Yeah. Like he, like he sells his shit so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, like you know, at some stage he could back it up, and you know, kudos. Like you can do it. You can talk shit, and then knock the dude out. Well, okay. <laughs> I think I think you need to like just just stop being so arrogant. Like in the, if he does come back this next round, and just be quiet. And like not say shit and just come out, like just train hard and just, you know, and just surprise everyone because at the moment people are losing faith in him, I think. Mm-hmm. 100%. All right. Last of the structured questions, Josh. Uh, and we asked this to all our guests. What was your first rifle? Oh, fuck. What was my first rifle? I never had, well, I, was, I guess it's a 22 count. Yeah. <laughs> it's technically a rifle. Yeah, of course, of course, man. Of course, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, but the, the, the first proper uh, rifle I ever shot was an SR-98. Yeah. Um, that was that was pretty awesome. Um, we, we, we shot the Barretts, um, 50 cals, because um, I did the sniper's course in infantry. Did not pass around all that. I fucking did my knee during the course on um, and like one of the pack marches, but um, that was pretty awesome. Uh, we got to shot the Barretts and the SR-25 as well. Yeah, that's all right. How'd you like the uh, AMR, the, the the fifty cow? Oh, mate, it send, literally sends a shockwave to your body. <laughs> <laughs> Instant gratification. It, 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 it literally is like it's it's it, I, whoever made those weapons needs like a hug or a pat on the back. <laughs> What did you think of the SR ninety eight? You you enjoyed it? Yeah, I I, I don't mind them, man. Like at, at the time, they were because they were the only really weapons that I really like. They were the first ones, first proper rifles introduced to me. So mm-hmm. I thought they were the at the time the best, you know. But looking back at the now, there was obviously a lot better on the market. But they they were they were pretty good rifles, man. They they were pretty good. Accuracy International man held the market in uh, long range precision shooting for a long, long time, man, and it really hasn't changed up and like dramatically up until the last sort of like decade, uh, where other companies have started getting involved and getting, you know, hammering that market, and suddenly there's better platforms and better calibers out there to do the same job. But I've got a yeah. dying question: uh, Do you shoot now? No, I was actually. Literally talking to my partner about this literally, buddy, two days ago. I was going to, um, I'd like to go and re- uh, get my gun license and actually join a club and start doing this, like, you know, pr- get back into it a bit because, like, it's, I, it was, it was fun doing it, you know, like, I love going doing range days and stuff like that. And, but the only thing I didn't like about the army, how structured it was, you know, you got to do this, you kind of stand over there, you got to, you know, I'd just love to go down the range for the day and have a, you know, a few hours, do a shoot, some own rounds and stuff. 
he's so keen to get back into it. So just yeah. I'm about to start the process now. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, I guess some some tips with that is just picking that right range because some ranges still, they're very structured, very uh, – there's nothing wrong with structure, but it, it does get a little bit boring because of the – the micromanagement of the range, so yeah, picking your range exactly is yeah. is uh, is is paramount if you I, want to just. I know it. there is there is. It's not like American where you can just walk down and just <laughs> yeah. you know. But like, <laughs> I know there is a little bit of micromanaging, especially the safety behind everything. So that, that's fine. But I just don't want someone in my pocket, you know, like telling yeah, me yeah. when yeah. you can and can't shoot and stuff like that. So we've yeah. had this conversation many times, many times actually, and we're talking about just you know going three ways in a block. And just setting up our own range because, fuck, man, there's some dinosaurs out there at the range still that you're just like, dude, it's fucking 2021, mate. Like, yeah. Fuck. It's like, yeah. That's it's, it, man. Like, it's, people it's, need to evolve, eh? It's like, it's, and that's like the army, man. They're stuck. Yeah. Like, it, all, all the buddies, oh, they're stuck in there. Like, the beards in the army, man. That's one thing that just never, that was actually half the reason. <laughs> why I buddy I wanted to get out of the army was because of no beards and stuff like that, you know. Like they yeah. there was one point where there was talk of it being allowed for like certain activities and events and for like sorry, exercise and stuff. And then there was like a blanket rule, anyone because there were guys that had medical um, beards and stuff like that, like they couldn't shave because of whatever and they had beards, but they ended up getting kicked out or told they have to shave or leave. You know? Did you ever have like, a shit for, for growing a beard? Yeah, man, I like, I had a tip for like Three years or something like that. I used to. I get really, really bad ingrown hairs on my neck from yeah, shaving yeah, too often. Yeah. yeah. I basically the hairs like grow back in on themselves. Mm-hmm. It, was, it gets pretty gross if I shave every day. It looks like someone's taken a knife to my neck. It's pretty really? bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pretty gross. <laughs> so you were supporting a beard whilst you're in the the for those mate, years. Huge, huge, mate. Look. I came out and started a beard care business. What do you think? I was, <laughs> was going to say, so that's kind of the inspiration behind what you, what yeah. you started with Jericho? Yeah, yeah, it was, man. Like um, when I – I used to have heaps of problems with like um, beard dandruff and like, um, like I couldn't wear black shirts and stuff like that because it, I used to get like dandruff all over my shirt and, uh, and stuff like that. My partner was kind of the influence as well because she said to me, you should try coconut oil and – so I just went down and bought some more in like the, the tub or whatever, the organic coconut oil, yep. just rubbed it into my, into my beard. And then literally like a couple of days, beard dandruff was gone. And then we started mixing it with different oils, like almond oils and getting all different oils and mixed it again. Yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there. Mm-hmm. We were actually in, um, <clears throat> we were in Canberra at the time, me and my partner, uh, September. So, uh, so the business launched in September 1st, 2019, in August 2019. We had just gone back from America. We did a two-month um, month holiday in America. And we came back and we decided to start the business then. Just bought a few products and uh, a few ingredients and, yeah, launch, launched, the, launched the website and, you know, everything just fell into place after that. It's, so, yeah, that's what was, where was the, the turning point? Did you, did you miss this turn? You go, yeah, we should just sell this. And then you're like, oh, fuck yeah, oh, let's do that. Or did you sort of have a game plan of that's what you knew you wanted to do? Um. <clears throat> I think she, it was, to be honest, I can't owe, owe it all to her because, well, we're 50-50 in the business. We do everything together. But she she was one that said, we should sell this. You know, like, we should we should do it, start a beard care business because of, I knew, like, how good it was because of And, like, I had tried other beer. I'm not – I had tried other companies before and there were some good ones and there were some bad ones and stuff like that. But um, I just – we just wanted to make it our own and just – 
um, we noticed, so I, I'll never name a company or bad math company, but we noticed like uh, quality in, in other people's companies dropping. Like it's like they were, the ingredients weren't the same as what they used to be. Mm. So, so we just, and that's one thing we would never ever skimp on is, is quality. I, I'd rather just, if, even if the ingredients got too expensive, I'd rather give up the business than uh, skimp on quality, you know? There's a ingredient that, uh, that I, I sort of noticed in some of your oils and you use hemp oil. Uh, what yeah. hemp oil? And Yeah, hemp seed oil. Yeah. Yeah, is it? Is yeah, it, yeah. Is it what? Yeah, what? It is, it's 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 hemp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> might start smoking it. Yeah. Um... Mate, <laughs> hemp seed oil is it's a um it, it's like one of the best repair oils ever. Like cracked skin and like dry skin mm-hmm. and like flaky skin, like um, cuts and stuff like that. Um, even like it just has like this rapid. It really repairs stuff really quickly. Mm-hmm. And like um, so if you ever know, like I don't know if if you guys ever had it, but if you like it's more with me, like if I, if I would separate my, my hairs on my, on my face, you could literally see big chunks of white skin, like from like dead dried skin in there. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you could like literally get in there and pick it out. It was so disgusting, yeah. you know? And, and like stuff like, so, we, so the, the, oil, the oils that we chose of like are the most, well, in our opinion, like there's, there's a hundred oils in the market, but we got ones with that are really beneficial towards skin and hair. Mm-hmm. And, but not just like, but not so much like moisturizing. Like we want the stuff that's re- repairs, mm-hmm. you know, like repairs, cracked skin and, and like, and hydrates and, you know, like keep skin healthy and stuff. And also because at the end of that beard oil and, and isn't really, it's only like 20% for your hair. It's mainly for your skin. Yep. You know, it, you, you need to keep the skin healthy and then, and the hairs will follow. Yeah. I have to admit it, it certainly cleared up. Uh, even shaving rash using your oil has cleared up shaving rash a lot, um, which happened obviously every time you, you know, you clean your neck, the bottom of the of your neck, it's sort of yeah, shaving rash, and then a bit of oil, and it's just yeah, comes good within yeah, man. within a day. It's amazing to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Try to get it's 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 crazy. Like I've noticed this with my skin. Like, I I don't know if I have sensitive skin or not, but I've noticed that if I use chemical based products uh, like on my skin, uh, like even moisturized, like chemical based moisturizers and stuff like that, it like my skin just gets dry and just gets like it just doesn't react well. So I really have to kind of like steer clear from like any chemical base, but like there is some chemical based. Like I like chemical based um, hair products and stuff mm-hmm. like that because you know it's, I don't know, it just it feels better in my hair and I get a better better outcome. But but with your beard and your skin, you, like you really you really have to go natural. Like you, it's yeah. just it's all natural, man. Just it, you know, like Mother Nature's was put on this earth with like Mother Nature, right? You know, so and, yeah. and it's looking after us. So you just gotta just gotta use it, I guess. Yeah, That's man. It. Yeah, I'm big it. big. Big advocate for it, actually. Yeah. Absolutely, and all your yeah. stuff is handmade, isn't it? Yeah, man. Uh, literally everything that, like, uh, obviously our beard straighteners aren't handmade, and like that. But all our <laughs> yeah. beard oil, beard balms, um, beard butters, beard shampoo, conditioners, mustache waxes, uh, we that we we bought uh, we buy all of our ingredients um, from Sydney, um, all local, all locally, uh, all nationally sourced. Um, we basically. Mix everything. So for like beetle, we mix all ingredients together, put it into the bottle, uh, labels labels on, box it, ship it, and send it. But as we um, bombs and stuff, like we melt down all the ingredients and 
Um, put it all like pour it all into the tins, butters. We have to melt everything down and whip it and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's a massive process. And we, yeah. we we've employed we've got six people now in the team working wow. from Derigo. Nice. Yeah. That, that's awesome yeah. to see, man. And that's that's quite often the origin well, similar origin stories with a lot of businesses is people are passionate about something and they're frustrated with what's on the market currently. And it sounds like that's a sort of similar story with you where you've gone, well, I, I want to do my own and I want to make it better. Um, and you can like, we, we've all used it. So we can all say that it's great. It's great stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's really cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like that, that's it. Like you just want to, I think we just found like a pretty good solution to like, and we get so many emails and messages and like, it warms my heart to like to know it. Like so many people saying, "Thank you for the, thank you for your products. It's really got rid of our beard dandruff. Our skin feels so much better and stuff like that." You know, but it, like, it, it makes you think like there is a lot of beard care. Like there's other companies out there and stuff. Like what are, what's in their products? You know what I mean? Like like it just it makes you think like what are they skimping out on? Because like most a, a good like a, a, a good beard oil with good ingredients should get rid of beard dandruff. It should get rid of like. Like it should moisturize your skin, you know. So it should do those things. So if it doesn't do that, you know, like what's in it? Like, are they using like, like some sort of body filler oil, like a mineral oil, just to like use eighty percent of the of the bottle? Mm. Yeah. So that's it. Just makes you think. That's all. Well, you can definitely tell it's moisturizing because not only does your face, your skin on your face, feel good, but something I've noticed is my hands also as a byproduct <laughs> well, are quite are quite moisturized as well. <laughs> I feel yeah. a lot softer. <laughs> yeah. Your, There's your definitely hands, a joke in there. About I know. Jo- uh, Josh is going to run with the joke about my well, girly hands anyway. Your hands are fucking soft. <laughs> like, oh, I don't think they've seen an ounce of hard work in their life. Whatever, Josh. We can't all be as hard as you, mate. <laughs> um, you can if you watch some porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. mate, that escalated out of nowhere. Thanks for that. Um, We've all done. <laughs> Josh, is there anything new and exciting on the horizon for Jericho Australia? We have some new products coming out very soon, but I can't tell you what they are. Uh, Stay tuned. We do have some 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 pretty cool products coming out soon. Uh, we're always coming out with new products and trying to expect, like, mate. Everyone's always asking us when are you going to bring out the sense and everything. But if we were to bring out the sense in like all the bombs, all the butters. I'd have to employ another five people. Yeah. You know, like we're slowly getting to that point, but it's, it's, it's full on, man. Like it's, it's, the, the days are busy. Like we're getting, like we don't have time to, time to even go for lunch. You know, we're always making, we're always trying to like fulfilling orders and yep. there's so many products to make. And we want, our goal is to get to, to that point where we have everything and everything, you know? Yep. Um, but no, it's a process. So, oh, that's it. We're getting there. You can't grow yeah. too fast, I guess. Um, and if you can sort of maintain your quality and and that level of service to people in the early stages, yeah. and then you know when it's the right time, I guess, yeah. I guess grow and, and cater for all these weird, wonderful requests you're getting. So, uh, that's exactly right. Yeah, we don't want to go from zero to hundred too. Like, if we were to bring out ten oils, ten balms, and ten butters from the moment we started, like. You, like we wouldn't, they wouldn't have a reputation. You know, each scent has its own reputation. Like people, a lot of people just like uh, like love one scent, and, and you know they they get to know the other scents and stuff like that. So it gets time to, for people to know the product and and to you know other people to review it because when people review something, it makes even if people weren't considering it, they might consider it now from what that person has been saying about it. You know, mm-hmm. so. 
yeah, bringing out everything at once, I it, it never would have worked in my opinion. <laughs> For sure. And um, something I want to ask you is, what's a tip or a trick out there for people who want to grow a better beard? Is there anything that you can, uh, any advice? Hey, you can- I, so many people ask me this question, and I tell them, think of your beard as a garden, as as your own personal garden. You know, you want to you want to fertilize it, you want to take care of it, you want to look after it the best way you can. Just yep. there's there, there is a lot of things that like you don't want to do, like but what I do suggest is use, use a good beard oil. You know, like regularly trim, you know, like trimming actually promotes healthy hair growth and it actually gets rid of split ends and stuff like that. And so trimming like one, not like I'm talking like shaving trimming, just like a little bit off the end, you know, it keeps the beard neat. It promotes healthy hair growth. Um, Yeah. And, and, and uh, wash it once or twice a week with a, a good beard shampoo and condition. Don't use, stay away from normal hair shampoo because it, it gets down the follicles and it, it, it'll dry your beard out. And your hair will end up, your beard, you'll end up, when you brush it, you'll literally have hairs falling out in the brush. And, and that's another thing, make sure you brush every day. Yep. Brush, 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 because it, you know, you're training your beard to grow in a direction and it also promotes uh, healthy hair growth as well. Beautiful. Wow. I didn't, that, I learned something new about my beard. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I didn't know you Mate, had to brush it. There's a lot to it. There's a lot to wow. it. <laughs> we get so many messages from, from like all these guys on Facebook commenting on it, like just random guys that don't follow us or something like, oh, and they just say all these stupid comments like, oh, I can't believe you bloody look after the beard. You know, like that's, that's gay. You know, I'm like, what? I'm like what? Don't, don't you shampoo your hair, mate? Like don't you wash your body? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what though? It's it actually it's it's actually something you can take pride in as a man. Like it's oh, yeah. it's a very uniquely manly thing to do, and it does feel so masculine to be able to grow a beard and be proud of it. And and look, honestly, there are times in my life where I've gone, it is annoying to have to maintain it. But then I think now I'm a bit older. It's actually like, well, like you said about maintaining the garden, your own garden sort of thing. You, you've got that daily routine where you're brushing and you're putting the beard oil in, and when you actually have a product to put in there such as, you know, a Jericho Australia beard oil or beard balm, it is like there's almost – there's an, a scent associated with what you're doing. So it almost like mm. locks in that process as well to go, all right, I smell like salted caramel now. I'm ready to go yeah. out and have a good time or, yeah. or do whatever. And, you and know? It, it like, exactly. It adds a bit of excitement to your routine as well, you know, like especially playing around with the different scents and stuff like that. And, it, it, you know, like it brought – it brightens you up, freshens you up, makes you feel good about yourself. You know, it literally like that feel good. You know, look good, feel good. You know, it's I, it's so true. You know, if it's it's if I'm buddy, like if I if my beard's not done, like if my if I'm not you know like, if I'm looking rugged and stuff like that, I feel like shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, feel down and buddy depressed. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> how can look how can you good? expect someone to respect yourself if you can't uh, respect you if you can't respect yourself? So you know, and part of that is taking pride in in the way you dress, the way you you know your appearance is, your hygiene and things like that. And big exactly. is one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, I used I used to have a quite quite a big beard, and mm, um, you did, yeah. I actually got uh, a vagina because you cut it. <laughs> Well, I do. That's that. That's one thing I actually regret. And having conversations like this with people like yourself, Josh, and I'm standing here. I, I, I had my beard was big. Like it was down past my chest, and um, I miss it. I really do. It was like a part of me that I. Well, I didn't actually cut it off. My boss, my boss, cut it off. 
Um, oh, there's God. A story, story of that. Yeah, a couple, <laughs> couple of drinks and Christmas time, and then he grabbed some scissors and went choppity chop. See you later. Did you get paid 100 bucks for it at least? No. Nah. Fuck, what? Nah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hashtag regrets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, the, what I was getting into with that is um, the – because I used to use a lot of the the off the shelf stuff from like your Woolies and that sort of that uh, yeah. like just there's a lot of brands that I won't mention that um, I went through, and none of them really had that nice um, sort of silky smooth feeling about your beard about a half an hour after you use the oil, like what yours yeah. does. And what you said earlier about ninety percent fillers in um, certain products, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like yeah, man, it's like it's called mineral oil. It's um, it's basically it's an oil that is well, it's there is other types of oil, but it basically does nothing. It it's like uh, it's I, I don't even know how they make it. I think it's just made up of bullshit, and it's just it's like water, <laughs> but it's like it's, it's of an oily consistency, so you can literally fill up, you know, and it's 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 wasted. That makes me yeah. angry. Well, it's just about making more money. Yeah, so if you're buying a hundred mil of. Yeah. Of beard oil, and you know, ninety percent of it's shit that does nothing. Well, yeah, yeah case in point. The only people, only people are going to lose out on that is the companies. You know, like people find out real quickly that the the quality is shit. So yeah, it is what it is. Now, the other thing I really like about Jericho Australia is the branding and the the skull with the beard on it. What was the yeah. what was the inspiration yeah, behind that? that? Is, that is that something you came up with? Or um, I think that was I think it was a military. Um, military kind of thing. I, I like. I kind of. I don't know. Like, if you think military, you think skulls and you know all that type of stuff. So I just kind of went with that vibe and um, just kind of yeah. And then, but we also wanted like bright bright colors and stuff like that. So we were going to go down the straight black path at the start, like the black and whites and stuff like that. But when I started put, when we um, put it at the colors to the sense and you know it just brought the whole body business to life, you know, like and all the and all the branding using bright colours and now we've incorporated graffiti as well. Yeah. Which um which I think is awesome. And it just like that street vibe with um the skulls and you know it just I don't know, yeah, we actually have a lot of people say how how much they love our branding and yeah, yeah it's it's because we it's weird though because like Jericho Australia, like if you look at it, it's like a it doesn't really match the skull, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Jericho Australia and the skull don't look good together, but because like Jericho Australia, you'd think it'd be called like skull beard or you know some mm. you know scully beard or something, know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it just it kind of, it kind of works. So yeah, we just went with it. <laughs> How'd you come up with Jericho itself? So yeah, so um, I'm not I'm not really religious, but uh, Joshua mm-hmm. Josh fought the battle of Jericho, mm-hmm. yep. and and then and now we've got like the wall of Jericho and which is off the, the wrestler. Mm-hmm. You know, um oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's Jericho and he's moved it was the wall of Jericho. Yep. And there's a song called The Wall of Jericho. Yeah, just I just put Joshua because my name's Josh and Jericho, and then we threw in Australia because uh we just wanted to really enforce that that it was Australian made and you know. Yeah. yeah. Love yeah. the name, actually, man. Oh, it's yeah. tough. It, 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 it all works name. well together, man. Yeah. It's it's yeah, like you said, those different elements don't work on their own, but together somehow, like yeah, that just yeah. it all sort of yeah, comes just, together, man. It just yeah. kind of comes together, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a shop front? Um, we have, we have a warehouse in Jibong uh, where we've only just been we've been there for about three three months now. Where 
probably like a week away from opening up to the public for like a click and collect. We're not going to do a walk a walk in shop around, but we are setting up a front where if you come to click uh, pick up an order, you can. Um, you know, like test some products and like, you know, smell some scents and stuff like that. And if there is people in the local area that, because we do get a lot of people messaging us saying, hey, I really want to come in and like smell a scent before I buy it, we're going to have give people the opportunity to as well. So, mm-hmm. yep. yeah. yeah. So that's probably here, happening pretty soon. Nice one. Good. Well, yeah, we're definitely, um, definitely very keen to support uh, Australian business and especially um, veteran-run businesses as well. Now, a question I have for you, Josh, is how did you go transitioning out of the army and then into civilian life? Um, now, obviously, our Josh here is ex-military. Um, yeah. But then, uh, like, that's something we've seen amongst all our ex, ex-army mates is that transition from army life into civil life and sometimes you don't necessarily get recognition for the skills you've got in the army i mean you've sort of got a yeah. similar job now with with telstra in, in see, telecommunications yeah, see, I, unlike my mates like my or most the, all, all my mates i still talk to now are my infantry mates the guys in SIGs, I, I don't really talk to as much yeah but, but the guys transferring out of infantry they're the ones that you know like struggled hard and they couldn't find jobs and stuff like that but i was really lucky because i transferred to SIGs and did telecommunication technicians so yeah. i transferred out um, and I actually went straight. I had a job lined up. I got offered a job while I was in um, in the army, and I moved to Canberra uh, for a year, a year and a half. And I worked for Optus yep. um, as the te- as the network engineer team leader. So I was a corporal in the army, and I moved straight into a um, uh, a team leader position, um, looking at just doing the exact same same job. Like it was network engineering, like working with switches, routers, and it was like, but I even took a step back and like hands-on because I was basically in a lot of meetings and stuff like that. So, and then I went to Telstra. I got poached from Optus to Telstra. So the transition from me was actually really good. Like it was, it was, it was seamless, but um, I'm not taking that away from like all the guys because I know how many of my mates are still struggling now and they've been out for buddy six years, you know? So yeah, so um, but for me, I was actually very fortunate with uh, my transition, and that's because I, I believe I chose the, a job in the army which made it seamless. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I could, I my job had because they actually paid for a qualification uh, because in in telecommunication technician, the IETs or your 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 training is eighteen months, and for the for twelve months, you actually come out with um certificate three and four in network engineering. So yep. you actually get actual civilian qualification. You get taught by a TAFE down yeah. in Melbourne. So you and and really with this job it's not a, it's not really about the on paper qualifications. If you can kind of prove yourself or you have a if you can do the job then you'll get paid pretty good money doing it. So yeah. So yeah, I was pretty I was pretty lucky with that with my transition. I got a I'm gonna ask a little bit of a deeper question. Um so obviously being Infantry as well, uh, or ex-infantry. Um, how did you find? Because I guess there's a glorious stigma attached with being infantry. You know, you, oh, yeah. you you puff your skirt up, you fucking you walk six feet tall, even if you're only five foot. Fucking, you know, <laughs> how'd you it's go? Sorry, it's a boys' club. It's a boys' club, mate. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so how'd you go? 
from giving that up to another role in the army was it was it easy uh, it was uh it was easy for me because i went from a position um i was obviously infantry five five years and then i i went straight back into iats with young blokes um and they were all kind of looking up to me so that that macho-ness and stuff like that never really left you yeah. know what i mean so and here i am at a place with 180 new kids and there's this one infantry guy who's been in five years, you know, like I was the buddy, I was the talk of the town, mate, you know, but in saying that the, the vibe of like the lifestyle of being a seek compared to a grunt is so different. Like mm-hmm. you don't every weekend with the, with the grunts, I'll, I'll, you know, you go out and get on the piss, you know, like hang out with the boys and stuff like picking up girls and stuff like that. But with the SIGs, you know, like lots of the guys will stay in their rooms. You know, like every now and then, like you, it, it, like you have guys going out. But it was just, it's a different group of guys. They're just from different walks of life, and it's just, it's, just, it's so different. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's, it is. It, now, now, I've never really thought about it until you asked that question. But it is, they're really different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, so that's yeah. that's something as well. Is I do know that it was very difficult for for infantry at more unit to like they, they almost wouldn't let you transfer. It's like you put in a transfer to go into a different core and they'd just they'd lose your paperwork or they'd fuck you around to you just like whatever. I'll just stay or yeah. get out. Um, I don't know why they I don't know why they do that too because an infantry an infantry soldier is just a number. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's not a hard it's 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 hard to be good at the job, but it's it's not a hard job. Uh, like you know, like it's just you just and you can get away with a lot in infantry because there's so many people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people skive and like a lot of people go to rehab and come up with fake injuries and you know like which gives it a bad name and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It, infantry like there was a lot of good and bad days. Like screws gone out field and sitting in, buddy in a you know in a pit for fucking seven days. Yeah, and like, yeah. that's full of water. Like <laughs> no, yeah, full of water. Like you know. St- just rain the whole time, mate. I, I still remember my defects. It was like the sixth night sitting there on picket, and I swear to God, there was like like a group of like five year old kids dancing around the pit, throwing rocks at me, and the rock was the water like hitting my face, and I was just sitting there like it was it was the the weirdest experience of my life. <laughs> and I was like, I was like. I said to my mate, I was like, can you see these children dancing around the pit? He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was, so, I was so adamant that they were there. People don't realise the, the power of sleep deprivation, man, eh? Like, mate, you, you deprive yourself crazy. of sleep? Fuck, it's just cool. <laughs> Your head does some it's fuck crazy. shit. <laughs> and I've never, you don't think it could happen, but I, I've seen grown men, like, walking, and like just walking during the day and then stop, stand there and just fall asleep standing up with nothing supporting them, just literally stand there for about like a couple of minutes and then stop waking up and then just keep walking. Like it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. That's gold. Oh, oh, man. Shit. That is bizarre. I like your analogy of it though. Like it's not a hard job, but it's hard to be good at. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I like that actually because it's it's very true. Like, you can go in and just you know fly by the seams of your pants, or you know, if you want to be a professional. And I think, to be honest, Afghan changed a lot of the mindset of those type of people. Like, it made 
or force them almost to take on a bit more of a professional attitude and take the job yeah. seriously. But up until that point, or Iraq and Afghanistan, up until that point, I think there was uh, a lot of people that, you know, thumb in bum or sort of like, this is easy. 100%, man. You know, I'll get, yeah. I'll get a it paycheck. Was just, it, was just, it was just a paycheck, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, definitely. And yeah. I guess... I yeah, I really had that drive in infantry until I did my knee. Like I tore my ligaments in my knee and that kind of wrecked me. I really lost my motivation after that injury and it was it was hard for me to come back from. Mm-hmm. But it was, yeah, I was I was about to thumb and bum after that. <laughs> Big <laughs> <time>. <laughs> Yeah, well, at least you made work. something, you know. And and to be honest, I consider it a win. You 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 moved on to another place in the army that gave you a qualification. So that's a fucking win for for you know those low level ranks. That's a win in my mind, man. Yeah, man. I, I was actually instead of when it came to the five year mark, I was either going to transfer, which I ended up doing, or get out and join the cops. And I did. I, I went to the cops and I did like the testing and stuff like that. And I did a pass that night. They called me in for the interview and I just, I never rocked up. So I just ended up cancelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, well, not actually cancelling. I didn't even reply to them. But then I just never rocked up. Mm-hmm. And I ended up transferring instead just because it was, I think it was because of like laziness. I didn't want to get out. I didn't want because people told me you had to hand back all your stuff. I'm like, I don't want to hand back all my shit. Yeah. And it was literally like, <laughs> <after laughs> <I didn't understand. laughs> <laughs> Oh, we thank we thank that you did because now we've got Jericho, mate. So yeah. that's it. <laughs> we got some silky smooth fucking beard oil that makes us, uh, yeah. Good. Good. Well, Mike, my, my the last question I had on my list was um, for those that are thinking about making the leap into starting their own small business. Have you got any advice for them, mate? To be honest, like just do your research. Um, just like make sure you've got – just make sure you're ready to go. But the, as I said before, the, the hardest part is taking the first step. And and the, a first step can be something as small as buying the ingredients, like something that you have to do something with, whether it's buying your product or starting a free trial on a website or even if it's like making something as the email – for the business that you're going to start or start an ABN or something, but just make it something small. And because once, once you start something small, there'll be a next step and then there'll be a next step. Like I, well, I procrastinated for so long about the business. Like I was like, am I going to do it? Am I not going to do it? Am I going to do it? And then the, what started was for me was buying the ingredients, you know, yep. it was a small thing, you know, but it, it led to the next step, which was the website. And then it just kind of snowballed. Yep. Just have confidence. Yeah, you can't fail unless you try. Yeah, like, and and unless if you don't try, you'll never fail. So, yeah, you have to like make yourself vulnerable. Just give it a go, and it's either it's 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 going to be awesome or it's it's not. But it doesn't matter if it's not going to be awesome because try something else or just keep going with it. You know, yep. and but you just have to try. That's all. That's that's all I can give advice with it. Just just try, man, because. And live once, and you'll regret it if you don't. So that's it, man. I understand. We can we can definitely identify with that. I mean, as three mates here, for the longest time we've said, "Oh, let's do something together," and then we've had various ideas, and then it was like, "Let's do a podcast," and then we listen to podcasts all the time. We go, "How are we going to be able to do something like that?" Um, And it's just like you said, those small steps. We go, "All right, well, let's sit down." Like Josh and I sat down 
the first time and we just had a phone and we re- we just said, can we talk for an hour? And we just talked. Yeah. And then we went from there and the next step was bringing Ryan on and, and buying a microphone. And then we sat down and w- we've never released um, <laughs> some of our, <laughs> our, our yeah. ramblings. but Six there- months of ramblings, man, and I swear it was <laughs> – I wouldn't even wipe this shit with my – like use, use it as toilet paper, to be honest. It was – Eight hours of just uncut, filthy. Oh, it, it's terrible, but it, it was all good practice, and it was all forward momentum and trying things and failing at things. And That's then ev- eventually, we found a format and a structure, and and slowly. I mean, we've we've been going since uh, September twenty twenty. So yeah, so not long at all. And now we've gone. All right, well, it's time we invest in some new gear, and you just slowly make those those mm. changes. Um, exactly right. And put yourself out there. That's that's the other thing. Achievable. Goals, uh, yeah. So not seeing too much at once, and I think that's what the biggest problem with people is, man. Like people think that they need to buy like thousand, like you know, shitloads of stock, and they need to have a warehouse, and like you don't need that stuff. You have like because you're not going to have a million orders from day one or whatever price you're selling. Just start small, and there's nothing wrong with starting small. Like no business starts big unless you you, you have like a billion, a million dollars in your bank account or whatever it is to invest. You know, like starting a small business is completely different to investing or buying a business, you know. I think you're, gonna, you're probably going to put more time and effort into things if it's your your own money that you're at, you have at risk, I guess. Um, and yeah. it's, it's something you're passionate about personally rather than buying into something else. So, mm. no, man, it's it's really good to see. Um, yeah, I mean, you're a relatively new business um, and we've sort of – you know, only discovered you in the last six months or so, but it's it's awesome gear. So yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, we're definitely that's why we've had you on the podcast because we were just interested to find out how it all started and and sort of help promote yes. you you and your business. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, guys. I have to make a shout out to my partner. Though. Like, I I definitely didn't do all this by myself. Yep, she's been. Uh, we've done it literally fifty fifty. We do everything together. All, all the all the decisions are made together. Um, you know and. There is a couple of things I try to slip by, but you find out. I get in trouble anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, that, that's no. good. If if you can work together, then that's that's awesome. It shows you can do something, you know, as a partnership in business as well as in life. That's that's mm. awesome, man. Um, yeah. Cements yeah. that relationship too when you can work as a, a functioning machine. So yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, don't don't get me wrong. We fucking had our argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look. But, yeah, at the end of the day, we're good. We're good. Oh, that's good. Well, I have a, a quick question before I'm guessing that we wrap up. Yeah, I think um, we'll wrap it up soon. Uh, so you mentioned before that you were keen to, to get your gun license and things like that. Have you ever thought about getting into hunting – at all or fishing? Uh, fishing, fishing, yeah. Hunting, I like. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I've never done it. Eh? Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel about the like the shooting the animals thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not like a vegan or anything like that. But yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, you know, like I got some dogs and stuff like that. But so it, it, I guess it depends what the animal would like. What what I'm hunting. Like, mm-hmm. if it's like I don't know, like a, a complete pest, then yeah, I, I'll, I'll be there with you. Mm-hmm. But there's some there's some huntings that I'm like I'm just fully against. But uh, yep. fishing definitely keen. So yeah, anything edible, like a you know like a uh, a deer, you can you can eat a deer. Fish, you can eat a fish. You know it's re- it's it's relatable. You, you know yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like ga- game meets for whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll yeah. extend an invite to you. If you're ever in South Australia, we'll take you on a hunt and, uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, see how it goes. We've, uh, we actually just had tonight some sausages that we made up earlier on in the year, uh, from venison. And, mate, we, it's funny as we evolve, we, as hunters, we utilize more of what we use, uh, shoot. Yep. Um, and we get the enjoyment of and the satisfaction of of eating uh, for protein, yeah. and sustenance, and things. Yeah, like nice. That. Um, yeah. So it's not just no. senseless murder or whatever you vegans want to call it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no. well, no. people people don't realise that when, when you pull the trigger and and put an animal down, that's when the work begins, and then you've got this harvest of meat and all this part of the animal that you can you can utilise. So I mean, that's definitely part of the process if you ever want to get into it. That. Uh, we'd encourage you for sure to to get into that side of things as well. But yeah. by all means, man, do you have an idea of of what you might want to get for a, a rifle once you've got your license? Mate, no, I haven't even looked into it. Eh? Like, um, it, it's only as I said, it's only been discussed two days ago. So I've only I've just um, just in the about to book in from because I have to do the license. I uh, saw the Test. yeah the, the two day license um, safety fundamentals crap again. Yep, like it's so boring. But I still have to, and then you have to go up and shoot. 20 rounds in a, on a, in a 22. Yep. Like, that's super exciting. But uh, <laughs> so I have to do all that again. And then I have to wait six months. But um, um, not, not, I'm not sure. I, I'm actually, I'm, I might have a look tonight after this. Yeah. Howard 243. Have a, have a look at Warwick <laughs> Firearms, the F1 light. All right. Just, uh, you uh, know. I, I, you're an infantry guy, you know. It's it's not quite the same as what you were what, what you used to use, but eh, it'll give you a hard if, on. If you got a lazy twelve thousand dollars, yeah. fucking twelve grand, oh, yeah. fucking clan. Far <laughs> <laughs> uh, out. Hey, um, Josh, what what sort of dogs you got, man? I got two sausage dogs, man. Hey. Oh, Caleb wants you. Want, how, long, how long have you been sitting on that question, Caleb? <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to ask because I, my partner for the longest time has wanted a sausage dog and I am now the owner of a five-month-old sausage dog, oh, really? little Winston. So, uh, look, I, I was I was <laughs> definitely good. like, oh, man, this is like not the manliest dog, is it? But – do you know what? He's a little champ, absolute champ. Man, they're good. They are. They're good dogs. They're good dogs. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> my our um my uh, the the girl though she's got really bad separation anxiety. The, the the boy he's chill as just doesn't care about anything. Yeah. But the girl she's poor. She's full on man. Like she has to be by your side. And if you walk outside and come back. Like even if you've gone down, like up, I've gone away for ten seconds. It's like you've been away for like a year. Like, <laughs> you know, she's, oh, she's full on separation anxiety. Yeah, but they're good dogs, man. They are really good dogs. Re- really loyal and uh, caring dogs. Yeah, uh, a lot of personality. So uh, up yours, yeah. you two. <laughs> they're good dogs. Yeah. Oh, well, I can't really talk. I've got two hours. Oh, Josh. Uh, yeah, Ryan's got two hours. So yeah. yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> half dogs. Not even that. An eighth dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, well, um, Josh, how how can people get a hold of your products, and how can they find you on your on your social media? Yeah, mate. So you can head over to www.jerrygoaustralia.com. All of our products are there, ready to go for you. And you can find us at Jericho Australia underscore on Instagram. Facebook is at Jericho Australia. Um, you can always message us. We're really open, and we love receiving messages from guys. We always get some questions about products and routines and. You know, like it's it's really personal to us. So, 
Um, always feel free to jump in, message us, and we'll help you out with routines, any products, any questions. Beautiful. Perfect. Love it, man. Well, uh, thank you for your time. You've been very generous yeah. with your yeah. time, Josh. So, yeah. Thank uh, you for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. So um, that's a wrap for this week, I reckon. And uh, next week we'll have more of the same. Have we got a guest next week? No. No, no, we, we, don't. Don't. no we don't. It's back to us three talking shit again. Yep. <laughs> yep. Tearing shit up like a pro. Uh, it's going to be good fun. So, uh, yep. Thanks, thanks, Josh, for, for coming on this week. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, tune in next week for more of Scented Mate Podcast. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, mate. Thank yeah, you very Josh. much for your time, Appreciate mate. It. Ladies and gentlemen, catch you next week. Dude and dudettes. See ya. Catch ya. G'day dude and dudettes, Josh here. Do you find it hard to keep your long, hard barrels free from gun STDs? Maybe you need a clean out of your bore. If this is you, jump on over to highcaliber.com.au and use the promo code SENDITMATE to receive a 10% discount on all your gun cleaning needs. And remember, it's sexy to support Australian-made products. Everyone here at Senate Mate uses high calibre and we can promise you that it'll keep your firearms free from those pesky gun STDs.